Welcome back to Rural Queensland today. Let's start with a look at the market. Market analysis, Matt Dalgleish has been a regular on the show from episode three, the, formerly from Thomas Elder Markets, but now episode three. He joins us this morning. G'day, mate. How are you, Matt? G'day, Ben. Thanks for me on, mate. Um, since 2019, the annual share of the Australian beef exports as a percentage of domestic beef production has been in decline, now easing from 74% of beef produced being exported to just 64% so far this year, January to June. Now, MLA are forecasting about 69% of the beef produced in 2022 will be exported, but in the middle of the year, we have approximately 911,000 tonnes carton produced versus 585 tonnes exported. What do we take out of that? I mean, you know, obviously obviously it's not on track as we we thought. Sheep market exports have eased as well since 2019. So... Where do we go from that and, and how do we look at it moving forward? Yeah, look, Ben, I think it's a it's an element of our, you know, we've had very tight supply, low production and high pricing. Um, so that part of that's feeding into the beef side. But also there's a lot of competitors in that space, really, when you look at the global market. Um, if, you, if you look at a, a sector like, you know, exports into the US are generally you know, in the top four for Australia and, and in some years they've been our number one destination, but this year they're, sitting in fourth spot and part of the reason why we're not seeing as much go there is the price point and the fact that um, the Brazil has regained access to the US so that the Brazilians are sending quite a bit there and that's kind of taken away some of our market share and some of New Zealand's market shares of beef. Um, as you said in, in the sheep space, sheep meat space, um, there's been a bit of a, a slight decline there but not as much. Um, we're exporting um, about 72% of our sheep meat production is being exported, so higher than beef. But in that sheep meat space, we have um, fewer competitors. It's really only us in New Zealand. So, you know, if people want sheep meat, they've really got to look to either us or New Zealand to get that product. Yeah, and, and I mean, that, that's the thing. Um, you, you've got to look at, at different at, at the way it is. I mean, there has been a shortage. There's no two ways about it. And we are on a rebuilding a rebuilding phase, uh, seasonally, trying people trying to um, increase their cow herds again, which naturally, but with the price, the prices the way it's been, I would have thought that that might have flushed a few more out because the cattle are there, but it, it, it's sort of a bit of risk and reward, isn't it? Uh, yeah, that's right. And I, mean, I guess, you know, the, the thing is, though, that we've, you know, the season has been exceptional. I know at the moment there's parts of the country that are getting too much water and it's a, a concern for people that are facing that flooding and losing you know, property and, and whatnot. But, um, you know, the, the silver lining to that, I guess, Ben, is that, you know, having that water in the in the water table and, and, and in the, kind of, you know, captured in the soil, it does set us up for another really good season, uh, you know, when it comes to continuing the rebuild of the herd and the flock and it sets us up for a really good season for cropping um, it, it, it's an old saying there that you know it's always easier to make money from mud than dust. So you know I'm sure um, even as problematic as this water is, when it comes down the track, you know two or three or four years time, when we're looking at uh, you know drought situations, we'll be we'll be you know looking for the rain again. Yeah, that's exactly right. And and look, as sure as it's wet now, it will be dry again. There's no two ways about it. Um, the extremes are what everybody doesn't understand. It's interesting though. You've done some research around the sale yards. And nearly 87% of the national sales traje- transactions occur either in Queensland, New South Wales, or Victoria. I, I, I don't, and I'm not surprised by that. But nationally, uh, Queensland holds the holds the highest market share of sale yards throughput 
at 33%, followed by New South Wales. And it's Roma that has the, the highest market share. It is the biggest sale yards without doubt. That's right, yes, in Queensland. And we saw a bit of a, uh, you know, a kind of interesting shift, though, that Charter's Towers have, have, have moved up the ranks significantly. And they had something like a 200% or 202% growth in their numbers from, um, well, this year just gone, this financial just gone to the previous financial year. Um, so they've moved up in a second spot. So a remarkable, remarkable lift for Charter's Towers. But, um, yeah, Roma's, Roma's obviously still the big one. Yeah, and that's the thing, isn't it, that um, that you look at that and it's interesting that so many, so many um, people, the, the Sayards, they have always been a great tool for value. A lot of people in the past have said, oh, they won't survive. But what we have seen is Sayards have completely 100% continued to prosper and absolutely without a doubt um, have have really shown that there is a platform for them and a market for them, and there is always going to be a place for them. Certainly, I think as well that those bigger kind of sale yards as well, you know, the ones that have had money invested into them with soft flooring and, and covering as well, um, are the ones that have really dominated uh, in that space. Um, you know, you, you have seen some of those older council run sale yards have, you know, slowly fallen by the wayside, but um, it, it does go to show that if you've got the right kind of you know, infrastructure there, that people will come and use it. Mate, um, market-wise, you guys looking, I mean, it's still very strong. We, we spoke um, yesterday with Cyril Close and Roma was very strong. We're going to speak with Anthony Highland a little bit later, but the demand for protein is still very high. Now, obviously, there's a lot of other factors. There's wars going on and, and domestically there's a demand as well. The, all, all signs, barring a biosecurity breakout, seem that it's going to be, remain very strong. Yeah, I think I think it will. Um, and and as we said before, with this season extending out in terms of rainfall, again, uh, we're looking at the La Nina, um, you know, going through to, to at least into early next year. So that that's going to continue to encourage people to to, to continue to rebuild. So it's going to keep support there. But when you look at the you know the demand aspect, and particularly even though um, we're seeing some of this reduction in um, in you know ex- proportions of exports, you know, go, in terms of our production. Um, you know, broadly speaking, that international demand, which is, you know, Australia with our red meat space, we do, we obviously export more than we consume domestically, but the outlook for demand uh, continues to be strong. And it's, it, that's, the, that's the kind of feeling for the next, you know, at least the next decade, um, that there's going to be growth in some key markets. You know, markets like China are still expected to grow in terms of their demand for meat protein. But then we've got, you know, up and coming, um, you know, kind of areas like Indonesia and India are the next two kind of, Countries that are forecast to have very big growth, like double-digit growth in their demand, um, and obviously a country like Indonesia is our fifth biggest um, for beef exports in box yep. products yep. and our largest for, for live cattle. So that's a good sign for us being so close to us. But then you know, a country like India, um, huge population, they don't all eat meat, of course. No, but, but you would think that the, 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 the that market has potential to grow. You really would, absolutely. you know. And, and absolutely, and, yeah. and obviously. Yeah. Obviously, there are people out there trying to negotiate and grow that, but they're they are forming markets, aren't they? That's right. Yeah, I mean, India's you know we've got a free trade agreement with them that's been signed, and um, you know that's going to be good for our sheep meat producers. And then, like I said, there's a free trade agreement with Indonesia as well, um, so that's going to you know assist in, in in kind of looking to grow that market share for our box beef product as they get wealthier, and also you know it's still reliable in the sense of its uh, live export kind of uh, capacity as well. Appreciate your time, Matt. Matt Dalgleish from Episode 3. 
Uh, we really Good. appreciate your time this morning, mate. Very exciting times, and thank you for that research. We'll catch up with you again shortly. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Good on you. We'll take a break. Come back. This is Rural Queensland today.